Hey Warriors, and welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I hope you guys have had a great week. Mine's been pretty interesting. Um, today, I might have made a decision to get a vehicle. It's going to be a Ford Expedition. Um, the thing is, the guy that's helping me out, he has to go and just check, make sure there's nothing weird about it. And he's going to be bringing it back from Dallas to here. And... It's really just about God's timing. I got to drive one and I really enjoyed it and I really like the feel of it and it's big enough to have space in the front. So I'm excited about it. But we all know, and this is why this episode is kind of special about this, is that sometimes it's scary to make decisions. And making big decisions like buying a vehicle or getting a house you know that's kind of what i'm going through right now can bring in a lot of that anxiety back and it's really hard when you have that plan in your head but yet things happen and it's not a surprise to god it's a surprise to us because we do have a plan and so making this decision to get this vehicle at this timing is not because I really wanted to, but it's because the car I've had is just not fixing. And sometimes we have to get to a point where we have to just trust God to put the pieces together and to help you through things. And you never know why he has you meet people because there's always usually a purpose and a connection, a network. So anyway, one thing that I want to talk about today is making hard decisions. Now we know that there's not like a story or uh, there's specific verses that are geared towards making decisions that we make today, like buying a car or house, let alone we don't ever hear anything like buying a camel or buying that cloak or getting that sword or buying that house. Like there's, there's no like discussions in scripture that really point that out, but there is discussion about where we can get wisdom, knowledge, understanding, even though most of the time it's always geared towards truth, the knowledge and experience that we gain as people do have a factor. And if we're loving God, following God, that is all part of how, why we make decisions. It's all part of why we do what we do. The only thing is how much of an influence does the culture have in how we make decisions or what is correct? Now, one of the first verses that came to mind is Proverbs one. Now, if anything, what I love about Proverbs altogether is it's a full of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, trust, faith, experience. And it's because we all know that the majority of the, the person who majorly wrote what's in there is King Solomon and King Solomon did pray for wisdom. So starting in verse one, it states this, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, King of Israel to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discern discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. Now, verse five is very important. I think a lot of times we do hear wise words 
but we don't do the other part, which is increased learning. Something to think about. And the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, <clears throat> excuse me, and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So there is a lot of good that you can understand. You understand that wisdom and instruction and understanding of the words comes from who? It comes from God. And how do you gain that? By fearing him. Fearing him is not like you run in terror from him. It's fearing who he is. It's like a, an extreme amount of honoring, love, and seeing, understanding the almighty God for who he really is. And understanding that since he's the creator, he has given wisdom, he's given knowledge, he's given instruction, he's given guidance, and we can follow it. You know, a lot of times, if you really want to have a better understanding of uh, King Solomon, you can actually go do Lamentations as a study. It is kind of hard to study, but if you do it, you learn about that he went and chased everything that the world can offer and what it benefited him. And when you see it from that perspective and you start looking at these verses again, you start understanding why he wrote Proverbs. Because if you read Proverbs, you start going, oh, okay, yes, makes sense. A lot of times we don't read the one basically I call it is like, um, you do, whatever you do, it's, it really means nothing at the end book. Um, the idea is that it teaches you understanding that the value of this world and all the decisions that we make in this world for the world's sake has absolutely zero value in understanding who God is. So you being rich doesn't make you better understanding of God. You being poor has no better understanding of God. You being uh, a president of a club has no meaning like to knowing who God is. Like those are things that we get to do. Those are their opportunities that we get to be connected to and be a part of. Whether you're the boss of a, you know, like a CEO or you're a low clerk at some business bureau. Each one of us has our part and purpose. Whether you're a farmer whether you're a cop, whether you're a fireman, whether you're a teacher, each of those opportunities are been given to you because God has led you into a position that God gives you opportunity to reach other people. But at the same time, you're gaining knowledge and understanding and experience. So for example, going to a lawyer to ask how to plant certain food, he's not going to have that knowledge that the farmer could give you. But does not mean that we stop learning, because that's what it means when it's talking about, let us hear what we learn, but hey, let's actually learn what we learn, increase our learning and understanding. I'm really bad at understanding business and business terms. Like that is just not my forte, but my strength is administration, being a leader, taking care, you know, of people's problems and and leading people into doing things and praying with people and counseling. Like I have all that value, but if you go over to tell me, "Okay, I want you to start this 1 billion dollar business and make money," I'd be looking at you like, "Okay. What do I do first?" 
So that's what it means. You know, I, I do have to try to learn, but I'm never going to be like an expert or really good at that because that's not the gift that I've been given to really deal with people. But now if you were to tell me, okay, you know, I have this a uh, billion dollar business. I'm going to pay you well. I need you to just take care of the people in the community. Make sure you pray with them. Make sure you counsel with them. Make sure you, you check on them. Make sure they're doing okay. You know, if you know so-and-so was in the hospital, they broke their leg skiing. Like that would be more of taking my strengths and using it. Because we spend a lot of time planning out our life and making decisions to try to do something, right? You know, I like I have told you before, you know, I had plans to be like married when I was 25, have a house when I was 28, have kids during this time. None of that has happened. None of that has come through in that way. So, why? Now, why does it seem like when we sometimes have plans, it doesn't work out, but some people it does? Well, here's the thing. There's several points to this view of thinking. One, asking God means that he's going to take you in a direction that you're not going to be expecting. Two, Sometimes human ambition to do what you want to do in the human culture is more possible. But what kind of avenues and decisions that you have to make that may have taken you away from something else or other opportunities? A lot of people who spend a lot of time wanting to be rich, there's some that can do those instant making money concepts or they just happen to put their stocks in the right stocks and boom, it happens. But there's going to be some form of sacrifice or some form of opportunities that they may never have had or will not have because of that decision. You know, for, for example, <clears throat> I'm not going to be able to reach everybody in the world, but I can reach the people that I'm around. The same with you. You see, things happened to people where suddenly they're instant rich doesn't necessarily mean that they're happy. See, the one thing in our culture is that we keep teaching people, you want to be happy, you got to make lots of money. Now, having a really nice place and having a good car and you know not having to worry about money for certain things, that's nice. But not everybody's going to be able to get that. And people who are poor, they have more tendency to be more close-knit as a family, more connected. Doesn't mean that you know, it's always going to be happy for them because they struggle and they have a hard time. But, you know, their hard skin that they gain is an interesting perspective of understanding wisdom and knowledge. Someone who did struggle growing up and suddenly now is doing better, they have a better understanding of how to struggle. And they can help someone else who struggles. Now, someone who's really good at making money and they have their own business and they're doing well, they can help someone who's not very good at making money and starting a business if they want to start. They can be a help. See, the key thing of all this coming together is discipleship, teaching, discipleship, that connection, mentorship, discipleship. The idea is building up that connection between each other's men, but also how we can help our kids 
how we can help other men that are around us or even help ladies who are also wanting to start a business. See, a lot of times we're always looking for the angle instead of seeking out opportunities of how we can help somebody. Because when we make good hard decisions, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. And sometimes we get to see how bad it can really get. And sometimes even good is not as good as we were hoping. So there's always going to be this level of good, bad decisions that we make in life. And a lot of times when things aren't working out, we tend to be frustrated, scared, angry, and even threatened to walk away from God because, hey, why weren't you there? Why did this have to happen to me? Why? We start getting into those perspectives. And it becomes scarier. We have fear gets to be part of our life. And things that we want to hold on to, we try to hold on with all of our power when God needs us to let go because he can't do what he wants to do if you're holding on to this one thing in your life. Not going to be relationships, the job, house, the car, even your kids. Sometimes parents can over over i don't know what the word would be more like over exert everything into their kids that they start focusing on that more than listening to what god's trying to teach them to teach their kids you know because i go to one verse that people love to use which is uh proverbs nineteen twenty one. many are well actually no not this one sorry wrong one but this is proverbs 19 it's similar to the one that people like to use but it's many are the plans in the mind of a of a man but it's the purpose of the lord that will stand what you got to understand is that a lot of times we think in our heads how we want things to happen in our life so we make decisions and hoping that will lead us to that goal but if we're seeking god out as we're going to talk a little bit more in the second half, that's a different view now, is it? It's it's God's view and perspective for us, is it not? Because there's going to be times we're going to make bad decisions. There'll be times where people might get hurt because of our decisions. But there's also going to be times where we make good decisions and it may not be an easy road to get to wherever we're heading to. Just like the last 11 years for my wife and I has not been an easy road, but God has done amazing things and he's doing amazing things even now. And to the point where as scary as it is to step out and throw this money out on things that we need, we know God still has a plan and we don't have to worry. So I want you guys to think about some of the choices you've been making before we go to the next half. Think about it. How many of them have been really scary? How many of them have been like, I don't, I can't believe I did this. But did you trust God? Take a quick break. Welcome back to the second episode, or second half of the episode. I always say that. I don't know. So 
There is a section of verses that I know people love to use. It's in Jeremiah. It was even given to me as a verse um, when I was in middle school. Jeremiah 29, starting at verse 11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not of evil, or plans for good and not, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. To understand this, one, this is mostly directed towards Israel. But, and that's why I added that last first, because that's important. You got to understand this is declaring to Israel, but you need to understand the connection to us as children of God is that we can say that if we look to him, which is seeking and finding him, because we're remember like in Proverbs one, gain knowledge and you, know, you listen to wisdom, it's also a learning curve. So you're learning more about God. You're learning to understand God. You spend more time in his word. You spend time in prayer. You spend time with other believers. You spend time with men. You use what you're hearing in your life and you adapt it to your life to change. Because one of the things that we find in today's culture is many, many people go to church say amen all oh, praise god and they love what they're hearing but then they go home and they take nothing that they were hearing and apply it to their life they go right back to being just the same person that they were monday through friday and then of course you know they may do that bible study which you know i might make them think about it for a little bit but they still go right back to the same thing and then saturday comes that's you know hey hang out do whatever you want day and then suddenly now it's back to sunday oh now i gotta be serious again and go man amen thank you lord you know you you accept all that information but you still don't apply so it's very important to understand better understanding of making good decisions. And even if, even after you've probably focused on God hundred percent more than you've ever done in your entire life and you've changed your life, you're still going to make decisions. It's still going to be scary. You're still going to be like, ah, man, did I make a good one? But the difference is that you can come to God when you know that you're scared about the decision to ask him to give you peace and ask him to make things clear, to ask him to take care of you as you make this decision, which is a scary thought, but you still did it because you believe God had a plan for it. But see, the better understanding to look at these verses, <coughs> then when you will call upon me and come to him and pray to him, I will hear you because there you see there is a dedication a desire to give yourself to god not just by showing up on church but you're like okay lord you know pastor jim smith said this up in the podium how do i apply that to my life how do i change that in my life and sometimes it may take time but if the only time you're spending time with god is sunday morning and maybe that bible study how are you supposed to grow better in knowledge and understanding and wisdom so that you make good decisions 
if you'd never spend more time with him than that. Reach out to other guys and say, hey, you know, my wife and I, you know, my, uh, my son broke his leg and uh, we had to take him to the hospital and man, the bill came in. It's going to be $10,000. I don't know how to pay for this. And you never reach out to anybody. Never say, you know, to a bunch of guys that, you know, at church, you know, can you pray for me? I mean, I don't know what to do because you don't know how God will use other people to help you. Could be money. Could be just helping you around the house, you know, providing dinners. Like there's so much that people can do in a church community if they knew each other. Because you remember one of the battles we have going on in today's society and culture is individualism. I don't know if this is in a lot of the other countries. I assume not as much in some other countries, but I know in the United States it's very heavily pushed. Individualism. My kingdom, my house, go to work, come back to my kingdom. There's no desire to really connect to any of your neighbors. There's no real desire to really connect to anybody in church really at all. But see, the thing is you gotta, you gotta do something you got you got to be more connective because here's the thing there might be that one time your 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 kingdom's under attack and now you have nobody but yourself and your wife and your kids maybe some close family but that's about it and now you're facing this battle by yourself and you don't know what to do and now you're looking up to god and like ah what am i supposed to do you have connections you have people you can you know being a part of a church there's people get to know them you might have people be able to say hey we'll pray with you hey heard your car broke down i have an extra car you can drive you know i heard uh, you lost your job well i have some temporary work you could do at my my house that you know if you if you're able to they can give you uh, some money for at least this week and then you know I know uh, some neighbors need it, need it too. Maybe we could just help you just to kind of hold through, you know, enough meals or whatever to get through certain things. Um, you willing? Or I'll pay your rent. Get a little extra money, I'll pay your rent. You see, we have walked away from building communities. And instead, what we're seeking after is this ideology that's out there right now, this socialistic ideology. And we're thinking, well, they wouldn't have a problem if everybody was equal. Oh, well, so-and-so wouldn't have a problem if so-and-so wasn't so rich. Because if he put more money into the into this program, then maybe it would spread out more and help more people. See, that's the thing is, that's not what it means, especially even the statement when you hear the word equity used or equality or equity used in scripture. That's not what it means. We should have the mindset in our heads to be willing to help other people. And even if it's advice, a person like me about to buy a house, you know, I've, I know lots about, I know lots of things about houses because of my dad and because I did drafting and design for four years and, I have a lot of understanding because I went to school and I got some understanding of what to look for in a house as well. But you might have something that you can say, Hey, you know, this is something I went through when I was looking at a house and I never thought about it. I just want to, Hey, let you know, think about this. That's, that's, that's advice. That's wisdom. That's your experience. Are you, are you, are you catching on that? Sometimes 
what you may have as knowledge may be something that someone else doesn't have. And that just, just you saying something could be enough to have someone go, Oh, you know what? I'll make sure to think about that. You see, there's just so much about making decisions that comes and go by building around a community. We make hard decisions alone way too much, I think. And especially guys, we start taking in all that on top of us and it feels like a heavy drenched rain or weights or the world just on top of us as we go through these decision-making situations. And the one thing that we're really bad at is asking for help. You know, John 16, go down to verse 23, it states, In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. Now, he was talking here because he knew that he was going to be leaving and that, you know, they were counting on him so much, he, you know, he knew he was going to stay. But he's like, you know, you can ask God in my name. Ask him. Now, the big understanding in all this is he may not answer the way you want him to answer. He may not use the situation the way you think he's going to use the situation. And he may not be sending you to a job for what you think he's sending you to. And you might be buying that car or vehicle, not because that's that was the one you thought you were going to have to get, but it's because God needed you to have something for a time. He's going to take care of you so that later on he can provide what you know he knows that you really asked for. See, that's the key thing. There's three things I think of. One, to gain wisdom and understanding of God is to fear him, to honor him, obey him, to follow him. Two, it is sitting there recognizing that we haven't asked him. We haven't asked anybody for help let alone ask for their knowledge and understanding to help us make good decisions. And then three, we don't really ask in faith. We ask on what we think the answer should be. When we ask in faith, it means that we're giving God's wills desire to be on our decision. We're asking him to be a part of the decision. We're asking him to guide the decision. And then sometimes he's going to say, okay, here it is. Do you want it? And you say yes to it. And it's scary, but he'll give you joy. But the one thing I know he will always give is peace. At some point you will see that God was involved in the whole thing for a purpose and a plan because he had other big picture plans that he has not revealed to you for it because he's always seeking out to do the good for those he loves right because you loved him first because you're honoring him because you're obeying his word and you're living your life out for him 
So he's going to make paths that sometimes just feel like dead ends or they're not going anywhere or miserable. They're hard, but it's not because he wants you to be miserable and hard and it's frustrating. It's because that's just life. But the thing is, he needed you to go through it because he's trying to build you up and train you, prepare you for a future where you're trusting in him more. You're praying about things more. You're seeking him out for answers and questions because you're willing to chase after him more. Because if you are given everything and handed everything without any worries or concerns that you have to think about, why do you need to have faith in somebody then? You see, we are not promised prosperity and no bad things can happen. We're promised that there will be bad things that will happen. There will be hardships and there will be struggles and there will be times where it just feels like, man... Why do I have to go through this right now? And then God's going to say, I'm right here. Never left you. Never forsaked you. I'm right here. And you can reach out and you can say, Lord, help me through this. I don't know what to do. And then he'll bring people around sometimes. And other times he just gives you peace. Other times he'll pop, plop an answer right in front of you. Other times it may be time. Maybe years down the road before something good happens out of all the struggle you've been through. But that's okay. You're trusting in him and you believe in him and you believe in the faith that you're saying you believe in. And so when these hard decisions come, you keep asking, Lord, I, I need a car. I don't know what to do. Boom. Here's a guy. He can help you. But man, Lord, it's going to cost a bit. It, he can help you. There's a reason why I need you to meet this guy. There's a reason why this is going to happen this way. Okay, Lord, I'll, I'll do it. Boom. I'm, uh, Lord, I need to get a house. Well, here's a house. Oh, Lord, it's not exactly what I want. He goes, you didn't, you said you trust me, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So you do it. I think the key thing after all those three points is this. If you believe all that and you're trusting in faith, why don't you just jump in faith? When he tells you do this, just go do it. When you have to make those hard decisions. You do it and you thank him and you trust him. And you give it to him and all that anxiety that just starts building up. You try to just say, Lord, man, it is building up in me. I really need you to take this from me. Take it and, and do what you need to do to, to remove it from me so that I can just focus on you, trust you, and believe that you're going to do what you have planned. And today, guys, this, this is an opportunity for you to say, Lord, I got a hard decision. Is there people around my life that I can ask for wisdom? Is there people around that I can seek out under better understanding so I can make a decision? Lord, is, is there something you need to teach me? Lord, is there something that I need to just hand to you because I'm holding on to it like with fear and anxiety so much? I want to let go because I'm afraid if I do, I'll lose it all. Show me what I'm supposed to do. God will answer your call. When we're seeking out these answers for these hard decisions, sometimes you just got to do it and you just got to trust the guy will give you the peace for it. So I hope this is helpful to you guys. I know it's, it's a little different, but kind of like what I'm going through today a little bit, making this choice. And then, you know, I know down the road it's going to be the house soon and I need to just like, Lord, Hey, take this, take this anxiety, take this, you know, this concern and I give it to you. 
and you will provide and you will help me have peace. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, thank you for this time. I ask that you just help us to find you first in our decisions, seeking you out in our decisions and praying about our decisions and knowing that whatever decision we make, sometimes we just got to make the decision and you will help us through all the anxiety, all the stress, all the concerns to get to a point where we could trust you wholly and truly. I thank you for all that you have done for me and what you've done for my wife. And I pray that you just give us peace as we make every stage to get to the point of where we can be in Hillsborough. Thank you, Lord. And I pray for guys that are listening and gals that are listening. If they're having hard times with big decisions, give them peace, Lord. Give them understanding, give them wisdom, and let them be able to do it. Whatever decision they have to make, do it, knowing that they have you at their side and that they can believe in faith that you will do whatever you need to do to help through those situations. Thank you, Lord, for all that you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope you all have a very good week, and I look forward to talking to you next week. God bless.